0: Hello Henrietta.
1: Hi Jason.
0: Welcome to the Conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galena. And in this episode, we are going to speak about a class of designers. And it may not seem the most topical <laughs> subject right now. Yes, there are, you know, certain designers that are, there's the changing of hands, let's say, at, at, at houses. But that's not so much what this conversation is about uh, this week. But the question is, what's happened to a whole generation of fashion designers? And for me, let's say, it was really sparked by Marc Jacobs' wedding this past weekend, where we just saw so many fashion luminaries came out, like, really. Some people were dusted off <laughs> and, <laughs> and made an appearance. And it really just, it just had us taking stock, like essentially. The question of,
1: like, what even happened? Where have they been?
0: Exactly. What even happened where they have been? And in really thinking about it, and in thinking about the last 10 to 15 years and what, what has happened to this particular class of designers has actually been stunning. There has been uh, a lot of substance abuse. There has been death. There has been irrelevancy. (laughs) There's just been a lot that has taken place with this particular class of designers. And the the designers that we're speaking about are the Gallianos, um, Alexander McQueen. We're talking about Mark Jacobs. We're talking about Stefano Pilati. We're talking about De Karnin, who was really the one who got that Bauma machine started up, who really brought luster back to that house about ten, more than 10 years ago. The Milan Voktrovic. Um, he was at Jill Sander. I, I think I just butchered that name, excuse me. But I have to say the most startling bit of information surrounding this class has been the recent revelation. And we have to say that this is a legend but I have to say, it fills in some of the blanks that we may not have been privy to before. And that being the case of Phoebe Philo um, having to step down from her position at Celine. Because, in fact, there was a substance abuse problem that is there. And I will say that this is alleged, though we have this on good authority, that this is allegedly, but it happens to make sense. And so if we're to take this information as fact, we are really talking about a small class with very high numbers of shall we say casualty or is that being a bit sensational um i'll use casualty for the moment you're like okay (laughs) so i will go with that for the moment but this is this is stunning but i think this begs so many questions henrietta so many questions because i gotta tell you you know we're not talking about we're talking about the health of the industry uh, whether or not we're selling online or we're selling through brick and mortar we're talking about just commerce and business as usual and um over to another side we're speaking about doing better, living better, inclusivity, representation, all those sort of fuzzy things. But we're not talking about the health of the people, of the talents, who really create and really are the engine for this industry. And in many ways, what we're seeing is that some of the most accomplished talents over the last two decades have really been run through, has been run over, and they're finding themselves really at a place of of just being used up. Oh, wait. I, I feel like maybe my language is a little harsh here because that's not... I'm not indicting these people for having problems. We all have problems. This is fashion. There's a lot of substance abuse problems. There's a lot of issues in this business surrounding those kind of things. But I think it is stunning that out of this class, I would venture to say 60, 70% of this class of story designer over the last two decades have really, really been significantly impacted by their work in this business. And subsequently have ended up at, at points in their life that is, looks very different than it did in the heyday of their time in the business. Now, okay, let's just let's let's just deal with this elephant in the room because you know Phoebe Philo was mentioned. I see your eyes like you know bulge out, and and as I said, the Phoebe the Phoebe Philo revelation is probably the most startling and the most sort of activating to a to a larger conversation here. And just learning that bit of information, I have to say, wow! Unsurprising, terrible, but. It, it shows what this business can do to to its talents.
1: Yeah, I think like you're right. We definitely talk about the health of the industry through a lot of other vehicles, whether it's talking about the health of the bottom line or the economy or or how there is like a kind of racial balance or whatever. Um, and we touched on it a little bit in our first episode when we were talking about what it takes to be a designer. Yes, and I do think it's very um, indicative of the age like I think the pressure on a creative is insane when you talk about how many collaborations and collections and shows and then also the personal toll that it takes because I think it's only been in the last 20 years that you've had to also be a personality everything is documented everything feels like you feel like you're in a fishbowl in a way that the luxury that the Coco Chanel's and the Balenciagas and all of those older generation designers. There was no real press. There was definitely no social media. There was nothing that mm. was really time stamping their every move and their every mistake. I mean, Coco Chanel is a really great example of how, like, she had a very checkered past. Yes was able to run that concurrently with a very successful fashion business. And so the two never really collided in a way that it became a PR scandal in the way that it does today. And so I think that it really is a different time and digital I think has just really ramped things up to the point where Uh, it just gets a bit dangerous because I think it's also no coincidence that with the rise of digital and social media became the rise of these problems or you could argue, do we just now know about them because we are talking about them and we're more privy to things that we just wouldn't have been before with very controlled press. And I think to your point about Phoebe, I think that's why it feels a bit odd because she was of that kind of ilk of designer who controlled the press. Yes. She wasn't on social media. She didn't really do interviews. She controlled her own narrative and her own image um, in a way that, why would we know what was going on with her? That was a big part of her success. And a big part of her success was her mystery. It was the fact that she was very elusive. Yes. Um, You know, and it also is really desirable to have someone who is uber talented and super she delivers every season and like output is so coveted To then also really not know her business was something that allowed you to fill in the gaps in a way that, you know, a lot of the designers that you mentioned, their downward spiral or their kind of indiscretions or their, let's say, not so positive incidences were very well documented or very highly visible. So I think, yeah, I think it's sad. I think it's really sad, actually, because I think that the health of designers, we tend to focus on more public-facing things. You yes. Know, so there's a the whole thing about the health of the model, whether it's the Model Alliance or the Me Too movement or the weight issue or just models and drugs, whatever it might be, models and age. There seems to be a lot of talk around the people that you see the most.
0: Yes, true, um, true.
1: And there isn't necessarily that equity across the, should I say, creative and business
0: spectrum But I do. I do think that we have to go back to some of those issues that were being discussed. For example, when Galliano had that stunning scandal that saw his departure from the LVMH. But,
1: but even with that, you have to look how differently would that scenario have turned out if it was not recorded? Well, fine. Do you fine. know what I mean? That's what I mean. It's one of those things that would have been like a maybe an earmark on his career, it would have been hearsay. But the fact that it was recorded, I think, had very had a stunningly different effect because I felt like it really forced people's hands. I mean, he was really a moneymaker. He was like a cash cow. Right, but
0: let's not let's not talk about let's not talk about, let's say, the the cover-up. You know what I mean? I want it I wanna get to the I co- wanna get to the to the core but as I'm to not like talking what about brought the, these people to the but this to is these what I'm states. saying.
1: I'm not talking about the cover-up. I'm talking about the environment that fosters that trajectory.
0: It's like, Fine. Well, I, I guess I'm. I guess I'm thinking about the other part of the environment that fosters this okay. trajectory, and that being the work environment, that being the demands, you know. And and I was referencing that time because at that time people were speaking very much about you know the pressures of Galliano, how many collections he had to do, and you know why substances may have been an integral part of his production process because there was just so much. They were, you know, the same thing was spoken about with um with Alexander McQueen that. Is just a tall order, like I think 12 or 13 collection. Mark Jacobs, the same thing happened, what was being spoken about when, when his departure from LVMH, um, that these people had just so much pressure, so much work, all of these collections, no time to breathe, and all of those kind of things. I think those issues are still relevant in this conversation as to what made these people essentially flail yeah. out.
1: For sure, and I think that's something that is also very different because there are multiple um, collections for a house. Then you've got your own brand, and and the deliverables are really um, intense and really challenging at times. But I think there's also like even to step back from that. There's like a there's definitely some kind of correlation between I would say kind of mental health or. At least your vantage point on the world, mm-hmm. yeah. and creativity. Creativity. Good, I think that's great observation. Whether I agree. it's like yeah. an artist or um, a musician or a fashion designer, I definitely think that there's something there that is, you know, you take the light with the dark, the yin with the yang of course, kind of right. thing. The
0: craziness of Van Gogh kind of thing. Exactly,
1: mm-hmm. and I think that that in and of itself is is kind of the seed because then you have these businesses that really play on that. Right, so it's like we'll give you what you need, just get the job done mm-hmm. until it's a problem. And I think that that's the whole fallout with whether it's uh, it's that kind of pick up, drop down, whether it's the the NFL guys who make all the money and then don't know how to spend the money and they go bankrupt after all they stop right. playing, or you know <laughs> whether it's the designers who essentially are um, enabled. Until it gets to a point of where of no return it's or right. a PR nightmare, and then they're dropped, and it's just a little bit like, how are
0: those scenarios being managed? But I, I, must, and I, must, I must sort of um, seize on this point that you you brought up money and economy. There, there's one thing that as well has to be discussed is that these talents. I, I mean, this was an era and it continues to be an era where these talents are being paid an extraordinary amount of money. You know, a lot of these talents are being paid like double digit million dollars yeah. per year for, for their for their output. So the ascent that's a, is, that's a yeah. very different thing.
1: For sure. And the ascent is really quick. It's it's really, really quick. And then I think that, um, you know, there's the, the enabling component and then the pressure component and then the public perception component. And then just this like, inner demon or whatever is being wrestled with but can't be reconciled with in the environment that they're in and I think that it's kind of the perfect storm to basically have the output be you know rehab, drug addiction, suicide, you know public outbursts, inappropriate behavior and while I'm not excusing it by any means I do think that there is like a systemic problem there.
0: Well, I, th- I thought it was great that you brought up this mental mental health issue. And it's funny that in our time now, those issues are open for discussion. Mental health is like being discussed from every platform uh, these days. So I would find it interesting if an issue like this can be raised in fashion and can be spoken about even as it's attributed to some of our more story designer. I wonder if that time could come in, but as we see we're seeing more secrecy, more, you know, hiding things behind wherever everything is clandestine. No one is really putting out this information and making it a part of the profile. I like how you just illustrated. You're just saying, wait a minute, creative people have a uh, propensity, have a tendency to be a little crazy. Mental health, uh, mental health, you know, often figures into their profile and all those sort of things. That's, that's real. That's natural. Bring it to the surface. I wonder maybe this could be a time where it can be discussed.
1: Yeah, but you also, I mean, from what I was saying there though is I think it needs to be nurtured as much as the talent if those issues are there. But
0: they seem to be.
1: (laughs) But you could also argue because, you know, that side of things has from a business standpoint has almost, it feels like it's very disconnected to the output. So you Uh, could also argue like, is it anyone's business? Like, I don't know that the answer is necessarily like, let's solve this in a public forum, which again is why I think there is the secrecy because you're very much like I'm known as a designer. I think that's the other thing. I mean, we're slightly getting into this kind of arc of celebrity designers or sorry, should I say designers that have become uh, so kind of prolific or their design that they've become somewhat celebrities even right. if it's within the industry itself um and not necessarily in the mainstream but i think that there is definitely something of like i put clothes in the catwalk i sell garments i don't think you really need to know like wipe put up my nose like who i'm sleeping with and you know and, and i think and you're, i think you're, there's you're right. that mentality of what could be considered secrecy because these are also designers that didn't grow up in a digital age. So that idea of oversharing probably feels very foreign to them. (laughs) No, but in a way that I think that would be considered oversharing in a way that it might not be to someone who's more digitally native. So again, it's like not to be the person that keeps bringing digital into this, but I definitely think that it impacts a lot of um, what happens in a really layered way, whether it's perception right through to how scenarios are handled based on like optics and experience and all of that sort of
0: thing. And and, and in, in having this conversation, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really about the reveal. It wasn't about these designers taking it upon themselves to make their condition public. It was about more what. Is causing these? What is causing these conditions among these designers over think, such an extended time with so many different examples? But I
1: think that's the whole thing. Because I mean, listen. By no means is this like a sensationalist um, podcast. We'd be doing very different things and talking about different things uh, constantly. If it was, I think these are things that are known. They're just overlooked. And I think that's the thing. It's very much about. I'm coming to terms
0: with a lot of that. No, but do you
1: know what I mean? It's just like it's overlooked because it almost feels like it's kind of either expected or like just not that important. In a way, that's what I'm talking about. In a way that I think that there's a whole public facing thing. It's kind of getting my goat a little bit with the industry where it's like if it's for rust out in the public, Mm -hmm. as that's the shiny thing we all look at. Right. That seems to be where the issues lie and then are publicly dealt with and we're all trying to solve it. I know? understand, but
0: you know what this makes me think of? It makes me think of HIV in fashion. Oh. <laughs> I in, know in what way? It seems like a strange adjacent, but um, you know, I know that there's a lot of HIV in this business and however it's not often spoken about, but yet we'll talk about the amfar benefits from everything from Sao Paulo to Paris to Los Angeles to New York, like we'll trot on all of those. Kenneth Cole will come out with his, you know, with his bows and all these sort of things, raising, um, um, bringing awareness to the issue. But it's also one of those things that just like, you know, just stays in the recesses of the industry. While certain things are brought to the foreground, i.e., the, you know, these benefits and so forth. Yes, we want to, you know, um, uh, um, what's his name, the singer, Elton John, and the Elton John Foundation, and all. There's so many sort of. Um, um, public-facing initiatives, but yet internally to the business, a very creative industry like this that has a lot of gay population and, 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 and HIV and all this sort of stuff, it's just one of those things that are unspoken. And again, there's this line of privacy and exposure and all those sort of things, but yeah, that's just one. Of, that's yeah. just something it makes me think of.
1: I see what you're getting at. And I, and I, I, I yeah, I see what you're getting at, but again, it's very similar in the sense that when you start talking about things like HIV and mental health and substance abuse, I mean, anyone that's known anyone who's gone through any of those scenarios, they're so incredibly personal. Sure. Sure. And no two cases are the same. No two people are the same in terms of how you deal with it. So it's, I don't know that there is a blueprint or necessarily even an example of like how that could be handled in the public domain that doesn't always also make you feel like you're losing your sense of self or your handle on how to deal with it because I think that's the thing about this industry I think that the on one hand the lines are blurred between what's personal what's public what's you know up what's down what's wrong what's right but then there's also that very clear distinction of this is happening to me Mm -hmm. there are caregivers or family members or loved ones involved that it impacts them too. I think there's like a different line of decision-making. So while something like the HIV example is valid, I think that there is a public-facing element to it because so many people in an industry that is, it's just like a very liberal space. Then inherently you want to support a lot of those causes, whether it's LGBTQI plus rights or whether it's um, HIV, whether it's whatever it is because you've been personally affected by it or it's so adjacent, but I don't know that it then becomes like a vehicle to talk about personal fair struggle. Enough. Fair enough, fair enough. That was like a really long-winded thing, <laughs> but you, there was something in there. there do you was, know no, what there, was, I mean? there was
0: definitely something in there. And I, you know, I am, I'm always challenged between, you know, principles and like you know real uh authentic information and how that should be used out there sometimes i feel like kicking down the door and be like well of course that should be exposed but no there, there are issues that that plays along privacy mm-hmm. and and as and as well not everyone wants to sort of be out there in front you know standing on issues For sure.
1: and like not everyone wants to be the advocate or be the face of or be the role model and At i think all. that's the whole thing with this thing of of what is happening or what has happened to this generation of designers, these are people's lives. Right. And so it's, it's like, how is that being managed and nurtured in the sense that these are also incredibly passionate designers who really put all of themselves into the output. Yeah. So you could argue that like a Galliano people, a lot of people are kind of like, Oh, we forgot about that quickly when he went to Margiela. Kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I personally think that's, true to a certain degree, but you also have to think about the fact that he put his entire life into the making of that phase of Dior, which was incredibly successful, incredibly lucrative and profitable. And he was literally dropped, relished into the far-flung corners of the industry. And so I think there is that whole you're in, you're out. And, you know, I think that there's...
0: But you know what that makes me think of, though? Yes, that's Galliano's sort of like, that's his personal narrative. But what this makes me think about is that this experience... And if you want to call it a cautionary tale for another generation... There is, are no
1: cautionary tales. That's the problem because well, the, no one is actually addressing it. Well,
0: that's the whole thing is what I'm about to say is that like, yeah, so all of these people, I mean, if you could look at the list, you're like, wait, like 60% of these major designers who come down the pike in the last 20 years have had a major issue. But if no one speaks about it, how is it going to help the next generation of designers who are all going to find themselves in a Paris bathroom doing coke until it's a problem? Who's going to find themselves like probably taking on more design roles than they should because the, it shows that, like, dude, if you design, you know, 14 collections for five years in a row and, you know, you get X amount of sleep, that, you know what, that you're, it's not going to end well for you. So there's none of this information that's ultimately being passed down as to say that, okay, this could possibly help a whole other generation approach this differently. Yeah. Is that... Am I, asked, am I being no, mamby no. mammy
1: somehow? No, that is, that is really... <laughs> That's that makes sense, but I think it's too linear because I think that every generation has a different set of challenges. So I think that this new generation that's coming up of designers aren't going to have the same issues because, again, not to be the person that battles that goes on about digital, but that's disrupted that whole model that those designers But that doesn't came mean for. that you're still
0: not going to be doing Coke in the bathroom because you need to stay up in order to go to wake up to go design whatever other collection you have to do in the morning. I mean, there's just no, practical. I think there
1: are you know, certain things there are certain parts of the infrastructure that obviously will remain the same and and how those pressures are dealt with again with digital where you could be really vocal or it's um it's cooler I guess to be more transparent I think there are going to be different outlets and out and avenues but also like designers are actually sh- turning around sh- and shunning certain roads and and making demands and I'll build my own business and I'll just do that digital distribution or I'm not going to do that show. I'll just do a film. Like I think that the digital um, and just the environment now of just no one really knows what's going on and people are just creating their own roadmaps forward, make it um, so that there's just going to be a different set of challenges. While that doesn't really excuse um, the fact that those challenges will probably have a similar effect to the well. aforementioned <laughs> challenges, that's a, that remains to be seen. But I don't know there's a sense of more relaxedness in a way for a new a new generation of designers well Do you, you know what I that well,
0: here's the thing I, I i am not qualified enough to speak because i need to make my rounds through europe for example and literally go into those ateliers and kind of get acquainted there's a there's a whole new sort of round of designers that i don't have the same intimacy the same exposure that i that i had okay, over the you, last 20 years but of you this know industry.
1: but you know the archetype Went i don't through... i don't
0: know how is it how it's different to this to the current class i really i really don't that would be that would be interesting that's a future podcast to be perfectly honest i would What's love to find out how now? this new generation is oriented differently than the prior and based on what they have learned or haven't yeah. based on the the digital landscape as you have um underscored a lot here in this conversation i would be interested uh, there's a there's an inventory that i need to take at this stage um uh, with this new catch of designers uh, there's i there's, there's a bit of information that i'm lacking now but this generation that we're speaking about this is one i this is I'm part of this generation.
1: Yeah, and I I do definitely agree but I think that I think the challenges are just going to be different. I think you're going to be the the challenges will feel more cultural but also like we talk often about the lack of rigor just that in and of itself is like a lot more pressure off but then the pressure on I think will come from are you culturally relevant? Do you have the same followers? Like, I just, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, but I, I, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, challenge. I
0: think you're maybe even drilling down at this a little bit too deeply. I mean, this could be the, like a feeling of like, you know, I'm a cool hip designer working in fashion. And so I just loves to do substances and, and, and travel to exotic addresses. You know what I mean? It could be a very shallow, <laughs> it could be a very, very shallow yeah. enterprise. It does. It could be as simple as that. Like, yeah. I'm feeling my oats. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm popular. I'm rich. And I, I want to party as well as design whatever collections I am to. You know? Well, I think
1: that's also where it comes from. Isn't that like the... That's the that's profile. The, that's the, you're right. Yeah. That is the
0: profile of... You, you're fabulous.
1: You, you're fabulous <laughs> until it's a problem.
0: You're fabulous until it's a problem. Yeah. yeah, I think this is a remember, these are people who were who brought up in the 80s. We're 80s people. So all of that fabulosity, and then the 90s, we were brought up in the 80s, lived in the 90s, all that fabulosity is very much a, a profile of this of this community for sure. That's so true. It, That's yeah, true.
1: And I and you know, you do have to grow out of those things because real life hits, and I guess if real life doesn't hit in that traditional Sense of I need to pay my bills. I or whatever it is. Oh, oh please! Then you're, like then you're living. <laughs> the more fabulous you are, the more successful you are, and that's where the problem exactly. Is, right
0: Exactly, and okay. I think in many ways we are seeing the result of of such a lifestyle. Please, i re- Henriette, I remember very well the decadence in Europe and America from the from the early 90s through the noughts. Oh, it was incredibly decadent. Sense of that sense of fabulosity was real. It was real. In hindsight, it may have been more short-lived than it than 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 it seemed, but it was really 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 lived and all of these designers are probably representative of of that lifestyle to some extent. So, it's an it's an interesting result and I was particularly intrigued by this story again because I don't feel that, you know, I think people have moved on. We're like, oh my God, we're a whole other era. You know, they're not necessarily looking at um, things that may have happened to a whole community of designers in this business. I thought this was, it was a fascinating um, place to go.
1: Yeah there's a lot to think about i need to think about this we might have to do like a v2
0: yeah why not why not this is again the health of the industry this is the foundation in many ways if these designers are not creating anything and putting anything out there there's nothing to frame around this industry so this is really the heart and the health as is the case well on that note we will see you the next time <clears throat> bye